I am so excited right now. I had a great idea. Um, and I have Mark Zuckerberg to thank for. Now, this is not something that I am used to saying because, um, as are many people, I am actually quite critical of um, Zuckerberg's policies and, and the way he uh, sets up Facebook and Instagram. And especially, I'm very critical when it comes to the way they handle um, personal data because they do so much aggregation and profiling. And uh, But... As you may have heard, I'm sure that you have heard this, uh, Meta has um, officially launched their Twitter competitor um, just yesterday. I'm recording this on, uh, on Thursday. And Wednesday evening in European time, they launched this new Twitter competitor that is, that is linked to Instagram. It's called Threads for Instagram. And of course, since I am usually an early adopter of all these platforms, I wanted to check it out. I couldn't because it's not launched in Europe yet. And this has to do with the much stricter regulation here in Europe when it comes to the aggregation of personal data. But since all these companies already have all my data um, and it's my job, my, it's part of what I do, um, to be present on, on these social media platforms. I've always been uh, on the forefront of these developments to people walking their dogs, passing by. Um, I got it through my Canadian iTunes account. I <laughs> discovered that I had set that up a long time ago, probably when I was visiting uh, Canada a couple of years ago. And, uh, and I downloaded the app and, and it was super easy to get it up and running because I already have a presence on Instagram. I have a, a, a name there or a handle and that is automatically uh, brought over. And of course, all my Instagram followers are also part of my followers or my groupies <laughs> on threads. Now, but this is not going to be a talk about threads as just another Twitter um, equivalent, but there was something in that experience that all of a sudden made it click for me when it comes to something extremely important, and that is how can I how can I find focus when it comes to all the different ways in which I try to connect with my audiences. I do so many things. I'm on so many different platforms, and I'm also producing so many different types of content. It's written stuff um, on microblogging. It's video. It's podcasts. Um, it's, it, and, and all these various forms are also targeted towards different types of audiences. And then the, the big downside of that is it, it's, I love to have that broad scope because it doesn't pin you down on one particular channel or one particular form of, of um, communication, but it has the downside of creating this very scattered landscape. And it's so difficult to stay in touch with all these different audiences on all these different platforms because communication takes time, let's be honest. So there is something in this experience that I had now for a couple of hours 
on Insta on Threads for Instagram. That's I think how it's uh, officially called, uh, or or Threads from Instagram, for or from I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I I want to uh, convey that in a, in a minute what I've learned there and discovered that has uh, opened my eyes and it was like oh man now I know how to approach this world of social media out there in a way that for me brings focus, brings um, also a certain practicality to this approach and, and, and helps me to save a lot of time. Um, in the meantime, let me describe where I am. I am right here in the open. This is a, um, a, a, the part where we have these fields of heather surrounding me and a few birch trees in between the heather. Um, and this is in the middle of the woods. And I'm actually surprised that it is, um, that the woods are fine. We've had this tremendous storm uh, the other day, which was a summer storm uh, that, that we've never seen in this intensity. Uh, I was watching the, the radar images and there was this perfect curl, like it looks, looked like a rat's tail almost, above the entire country. And the tail itself consisted out of a red zone, which is usually where you have the thunderstorms and the lightning. And then um, the rest of the tail is the, the heavy, the winds and the water, the rain, the torrential rain. Um, and it has hit our country really hard. Um, uh, so I expected actually to... Uh, for there to be way more damage than I actually see. Although, if I look on my right here, off the path, I do see a lot of branches that have been piled up. So maybe they already went into the woods and uh, cleaned up the paths a, a bit. Um, we got the advice not to go into the woods after the storm, at least not right away, because uh, <laughs> during a storm like that, trees, especially thicker branches, can break break off and fall blocking the road but even more dangerous they can break for a certain percentage and they might, might fall off later on when you're walking underneath these trees so i'm looking up and uh i i think that all these trees are okay so what i think happened is that they went in and got rid of uh most of the branches and if there were d dangerous situations they would probably have uh fenced it off or they they want to make sure that people are safe here that's the advantage of these particular woods because there is a um, an institution that takes care of them and also makes sure that if the woods require maintenance that is done right away so it's hard to believe that we had this incredible storm because right now everything is super peaceful the only the only thing that i can tell is different is that they're are small branches with with green leaves on them that are strewn over the over the path which of course is normally something you would expect during the fall season but this is because because these trees have so many leaves they're much more vulnerable to strong winds than uh, when they've already lost their leaves and we, we usually have these storms maybe you know in the late fall and during the winter time or in the spring season but not in the summer so yeah anyway and i am also trying out 
new shoes. <laughs> and I have to say, these are very comfortable. They are awful. I'm so glad that this is just audio because they are bright yellow green. You know the color of these yellow markers that, that I used when I was a student to mark certain passages in, in the, the books that I had to study that exact color that's the color of my of my shoes they are Saucony trail shoes and um, I so these are actually meant for running and for running very long distances so they're long distance trail shoes which means they're designed for athletes that will run for instance 50 or 60 kilometers on uneven terrain so the the soles have very strong, uh, very, you know, um, how do you say that? Like pronounced uh, profiles. So th there's a lot of grip. And, and, and this is what I'm so excited about. They're very, um, how do you say that? Very light and also very um, flexible. I, I feel like every time I take a step, I bounce a little bit, which is super comfortable and unlike any of my other shoes. The reason that I got these shoes, I, they, first of all, they were super discounted on a German, on the same German site where I had my other pair of running shoes. So they were just 66 bucks, whereas normally these are like 160. Um, they're very expensive shoes. And uh, I, I, I got them because uh, as you may, may have heard me talking about on uh, on the break, I was training for the Walk of the World, this big walking um, event, four days, 40 kilometers per day. And uh, it's, it's because I knew that I needed good shoes for those, I, I bought myself a pair of like very rugged, good walking shoes. I got all the advice for hours in the store, only to discover when I tried them out a day later that they were causing me so much pain because those soles are much more rigid than these ones. The shoes are also slightly heavier and um, they are not as roomy around the toes as these shoes. And so after 20 kilometers, I couldn't walk anymore. I couldn't go home. I wanted to walk 30 kilometers that day. I only did 20. And I, I, I felt like if, if I would try to do the walk of the world on these shoes, I will not survive it. I will have to abandon uh, the event after a day because there's no way that I can recover from this type of pain. Which also leads me to believe that maybe it's part of the problem is also that I'm overtrained and that my feet have had... Uh, to endure a lot of stress because I've been uh, running so much. Hi, hi. And um, so maybe it's a combination of the shoes that were not right for me, plus my feet having had so much um, stress uh, over the last few months because I've just been running too much and walking too much. So I told myself, hey, I'm going to give it one more try. Let's get these trail shoes because in the reviews I, I read that they were lightweight and very comfortable. It sounded like the opposite of, of my experience with the, the, the genuine expensive walking shoes. And let's see if I can use them just to walk and see what happens to my feet. So this is the first time. They just arrived this, this morning. 
uh, in the mail, and um, this is my very first walk with them. And so far, I have to say, other than the color, I like them a lot. <laughs> and and maybe the the proof is in the pudding. Of course, I will have to go and do another mm, twenty or th well, probably just another thirty kilometer walk, and see if if it's if it's just the shoes that will. That, that we're causing all these problems or maybe if it's if it's really my feet then I will probably devo develop problems after 20 kilometers anyway but if everything goes well and I don't have any residual pain after walking 40 kilometers or 30 kilometers I may actually give it a try in uh, two weeks from now I'll keep you posted but that is not of course why I am taking you on this walk let me tell you why this whole experience of trying out threads from Meta um, just all of a sudden caused this, this to click. So let me first describe my problem. It, it, it's not just that I am present on so many different platforms and I'm, I'm uh, trying to create so many different types of programs from documentaries for TV to podcasts to... Uh, walking tours, audio tours, to microblogging, to YouTube videos and reviews. Um, it's also that a lot of my presence, because all that media production takes so much time, my presence on social media was usually reduced to just posting a link to the content that I made. Um, so on Twitter... I did not really engage that much. Uh, the only time I went on Twitter, especially for the last couple of months since Elon Musk took it over and, uh, and started to implement all these changes, the only time I went to Twitter was like, okay, so I, I recorded this podcast. Here, here are the topics. Here's the link uh, if you want to listen. And that's it. And of course, those, those posts, and the same is true for Facebook. I'm not that much on Facebook anymore because... Um, it, it, the algorithms have evolved to the point that I don't see anything that interests me anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of advertisements in there. And so the people that I actually know and want to follow, their, their posts never show up in my feed. And I think that if you are active or present on, on Facebook, you may have had the same experience. Sometimes I deliberately click on a name that's like, I wonder what that person is doing. I haven't heard from her or him in a long time. And then you click on that and you see like tons of updates and photos and they got married and divorced and uh, had a, I don't know, bought a, bought a helicopter and went to the moon. And there's nothing of that that ever showed up in my feed. I think one of the problems in the way that I've been using social media is that it was just my posts were not very engaging because I was not engaging. And I didn't really add value to the people that wanted to follow me. So their engagement also was just a few likes here and there and that's it. And of course, the less people engage, the less the algorithm will pick up on those posts. And I think that's a problem that a lot of us are struggling with because originally, in the early days of social media, you would see everything that's, that, that people posted. And so you would post a lot of, you know, here's what I'm eating right now. This is the view from my window, <laughs> that sort of stuff. And since the algorithms didn't filter um, 
your content and usually also the, the amount of people that you followed and that followed you was relatively small, you would get pretty good engagement on those posts. But things have changed so much. Um, and so one of my big question marks was, okay, if I want to continue this presence on social media, I need to change my approach, but I don't have time to have long conversations every single moment of the day like some of these professional Twitter people and social media people seem to have where they are constantly debating and discussing and being snarky and, and funny and posting memes. I just don't have time for that. But I also know that I this is part of my work terrain. I need to be there. And, and right now, social media is um, it's the, the way in which I've approached social media does not work because ultimately I'm just using it as a top-down um, communications channel, but almost like a sales channel. Like, here's what I've recorded. Click here. Oh, is this private property where I am now? Or is there a path? This looks like a parking lot in front of a house. The question, of course, is the rest. Is that garden or is there a path? I think there is a path. Oh, I feel a little bit uncomfortable when I'm walking around here and all of a sudden you see a swimming pool and there are no fences here. But if this were my house, I wouldn't really like it if some priest with bright yellow shoes showed up with a, with a microphone walking in the backyard. <laughs> so I'm trying to be a bit considerate here, but I think I'm okay. I think this is just a path that goes alongside their beautiful villa here in the midst of the woods. And I guess if they really didn't like people to walk here, they would probably set, uh, put up a fence. So that was problem number one. How can I change my approach to social media? Also within the constraints of my availability, I know that there are many ways in which you can enhance the engagement. And uh, a lot of my friends are doing a terrific job posting short videos and questions and, and polls and everything. I'm thinking that's that's not working for me because that would be a day job by itself. And I have like five other day jobs that take up my time. The second problem is, is consistency on in the media that are not podcasts. I have um, managed to find a good rhythm when it comes to podcasting. And if everything goes well at the end of this year, there will have been an episode of The Walk and an episode of The Break every single week of the year. Sometimes it's a little bit early in the week, sometimes a bit later, but I always manage to somehow create around one show per week. And that's something I vow to do. I know that many of you really appreciate that consistency. Some of you are like, oh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't mind a break so we can catch up because uh, there are only like 500 episodes that I haven't listened to yet. But <laughs> for people that are just listening to that particular podcast and can let go of all the other ones, since most of them are not relevant anymore anyway. Um, so the non-completionists, I think that, that it works. You can always pick up the connection by just listening to the latest podcast and then you'll be up to speed again. But it's a totally different story when it comes to videos. Um, first of all, I've, I've lost that whole rhythm that I had where I would produce 30 
small documentaries for TV every uh, every year because there's no demand for that. Well, there, there may be demand, demand, but I don't have a contract that requires me to do that. So we'll forget about that. The second thing is I, I love to make video, as you know, and I have a couple of channels about niche topics that I am very passionate about. The main ones being Lego and story secrets, so Star Wars and that sort of stuff. And then um, I've got a few more channels that are that one one that I set up because originally I was planning on doing a specific anime YouTube channel, kind of the equivalent of what I do on TikTok. Um, but I haven't been using that very much. There are just a few videos on there. And then, of course, I've got my um, currently uh, on hiatus TikTok account that is still gathering viewers every single day and followers. It's unbelievable how I've not posted anything there for three quarters of a year and still every day people find my content and start following that. But the issue is, I know why I have those channels because it's to connect with those particular niche audiences. Because that's always been what I love to do. It's like, I speak this language. I speak your language. I understand your world. Let's connect. Let's talk about the things that we have in common. And then your stories and your reactions enrich my world. And maybe my stories and explanations uh, will enrich your world. So it's building bridges and using the building blocks that I know will help me build bridges for that particular to reach that particular um, side of the river. Um, I'm, maybe I'm pushing this metaphor a little bit too much. <laughs> anyway, before uh, before my podcast comes to a grinding halt, uh, I love these particular topics, and we've we've um, weeded out all the channels that we set up just because we thought maybe one day we'll do something with this or of previous projects that we no longer do. So, for instance, I had set up a YouTube channel when I was still streaming Mass, and it was called Sunday Mass, and I was super excited that I had that handle, but, you know, I'm not going back to that anytime soon. I have my hands full here in the parish, um, with the masses during the weekend, and especially since Father Mauricio is not um, recovered yet, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have the bandwidth to do anything online. So, you know, it, that had its purpose, but it's 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 no longer a, a, my main focus. The thing is, I rarely ever post new stuff, and uh, this is because. Um, I think because my focus has been all over the place for this, that sounds like a (laughs) contradiction almost. There was no focus for these past six months. I've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of processing. And I think in that respect, um, this, this is not lost time, but I just, I realize how much time it takes to find a type of communication that connects with me that works and connects with my audiences and it, that is still manageable despite the fact that you know Tridio is just a two-person enterprise it, it's me and it's Inga as our community manager and she's half time and that's it you know so there's only so much you can do 
with um, 1.5 jobs. <laughs> so uh, trying to figure out what the things, what are the things that work for me and what are the things that I need to let go of and it's cleaning up everything and streamlining everything. I think that, that took the majority of this uh, first half year um, of 2023. But I also, when I was going through these, these channels, I see these, these little spurts of activity. So sometimes I'll just post like two or three videos in a week and I get good response and you can see that the algorithm is churning and people start reacting again. And it's like, ah, oh, man, I'm here, I'm back. And then uh, I don't have time anymore or focus to create, to follow up on that. So the consistency is the opposite of my podcasting um, consistency. And for me, that is why these these channels have so much untapped potential. I know that it works because every time I go on these channels and I post something, um, it's the, the whole thing comes alive again. It's like in the desert when after a, you don't see anything and then it rains for a night and then all of a sudden you see these sprouts and, and there's green and there's flowers. Uh, and, and animals return and insects. That's kind of how my YouTube channels feel. Every time I post a video, I'm like, oh, wow, it's still alive. But then it turns back to uh, the desert because, well, you need to be consistent in your communication. It's not that people are just waiting and with bated, bated breath <laughs> every, every day. Go to that channel and see if there's anything for them to watch. There is so much for them to watch that... You know, they'll just go elsewhere. Um, how do I solve this? How can I find um, time and focus to create content for this? Plus, knowing how much time it takes to create one good short video on TikTok and on YouTube, is this even sustainable? Because the whole idea of these channels is it's first contact or it's yeah in a certain way the, the youtube channels and tiktok are first contact it's that's how people find me and then the podcasts are uh what solidifies the relationship it's long form so we get to, to spend some more time together and it creates a stronger bond between you and me because we have more time to hang out you don't get that with just one-minute videos. The thing is, these one-minute videos can easily take up an entire work week. It can take so much time that even recording podcasts becomes, becomes tricky because th those two require some preparation and some time to record them and uh, put them online. Not to mention that, of course, I've got this, this long long-time passion for um, for documentaries and filming and wherever I go I always film but I never sit down to record to um, to edit because well editing itself is more than a day job it would take up all my available time and it feels like well I don't want to let that go either I don't want to choose and adding to that there's even this this other idea like how can I help 
other people to communicate in the way that I do this and can I somehow pass on my my experiences and what I've learned from my successes and failures in a form of for instance a, a course I've uh, many times talked about that and so you know that that is also on my mind but if I'm totally realistic and honest it's just to, it's this would be work for a company of five people at least there's no way in the world that that is feasible and and at the same time I don't want to choose because everything is dear to me and if I do one thing I'll have to and, and then give up on the other dreams no I, I feel like those dreams are here for a reason and <laughs> they've stuck with me for many years uh, so they belong to me the only the only way I can find uh, the only way in which I can 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 make these dreams somehow come true is to think of ways in which I can integrate these different stories that I tell these different platforms and these different productions how do I do that so how and this is not about efficiency this that this is something I've tried in a passage you know where I thought well as long as I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I have the perfect time management system I can cram 14 hours in a day <laughs> instead of eight hours and then I can be super concentrated all that I tried it I'm I don't regret that I tried but I've also uh, discovered that all that depends on me being in top shape. It doesn't take into account the fact that I can get tired and, and distracted. And there are days where I feel super productive and creative and other days that I, I just don't have any idea what I'm going to do. So, uh, and, and that's kind of the, that comes with the territory. That's part of the creative process. It, it always comes in, in bursts, but never it's, there's, there's not this consistent like every day is the same and that's just not how I am wired so knowing that I have those limitations and I have these dreams what kind of method would work for me how can I connect all these and this is where the whole meta threads experience comes in because it suddenly clicked so here's what happened so I signed up for for um, for threads um, thankfully, my, I didn't have to claim my name. Father Roderick was already linked to my Instagram account. It was surprisingly easy to set it all up. Of course, I um, gave away my privacy for the rest of eternity. <laughs> but <laughs> this is also a word of warning. You know, think twice before you you uh, engage uh, on platforms like that because it is this, there is a reason that they uh, don't launch in Europe. It's, and, and I think the Euro European regulations are a lot better than the North American ones um, and much more protective, especially of vulnerable people, but also of our, our rights as a consumer, as a media consumer. But anyway, I'm just going all in. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was like, okay, so what's the first thing I'm going to post? Well, of course... It's got to be simple. It's got to be, you know, let's just do hello there. And and then I figured, well, that's a bit cheesy. You know what? I'll just add Baby Yoda. I'll just add a, a photo. I've had a, a photo on my hard drive of uh, Baby Yoda eating those macaron cookies, <laughs> the green ones. 
And so I, and, and then he looks up and he's a bit surprised. And I thought, you know, that, that's, that's the tone of voice that, um, that's me. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, hello there. And, uh, and then immediately, right after I posted that, um, people started to react and to like and etc. And then I started to browse. Now the whole, the whole platform is very much in its infancy. Uh, and I think that Meta rushed it because of all the controversy last week about uh, rate limits that Elon Musk had imposed on all users. And, this, and, 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 and for a time, you couldn't even see any tweets unless you had an account. And then he also said, hey, you want to keep, keep continuing, you want to c- continue using TweetDeck, which for many media professionals and journalists is the only way in which they can use Twitter because you can follow in columns, you can follow all sorts of topics and, and lists of people. If you want to use that, you'll have to pay. You'll have to um, get a subscription, eight bucks per month. Um, yeah, I think that was for a lot of people the first time that they actually ran into the limitations um, of of Twitter and and also experience the, the, what these changes mean for just the average user. And that's when I think Mark Zuckerberg was like, okay, we've been working on this Instagram Twitter clone. Um, this is the perfect launch date. We're not done yet, but let's go for it. And then we'll take it from there. That's how they've always done this. They steal something. They literally copy. Uh, uh, they did this with, with WhatsApp, with reels with uh, everything there's no there's no originality at meta um but they do it very well because you know they 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 know um how to keep people on board in that respect they have much more experience and a much bigger workforce than uh, than elon musk has since he fired like uh what is it 80 percent of his uh, employees and he himself has no experience in this in this realm other than just being a user himself. So I think Mark Zuckerberg just knew this is the moment, let's go for it. And that's what he did. And even, and so the whole experience has a, a lot of downsides in the sense there is no moderation so far. When you log in, you see a ton of posts of people you follow, but also a lot of people that are just there because of the algorithm. And, and they are, of course, to a certain extent, starting from scratch. They do have your data from Instagram, but that's not always applicable to short-form messaging. And so my guess is that they are now churning away with their computers to profile every user, and then that algorithm will quickly take over. And then it remains to be seen if this is any better than my current Facebook feed, which for me doesn't work. But so far, since there is very little moderation, little algorithmic activity so far, people are just enjoying it and it feels new and, and shiny and everybody is enthusiastic. So I was just browsing through this long list of up- updates and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it because they're, the, the people on Instagram have been doing this for for years and years and so a lot of the content is also visual which i really like and and is far superior to what the experience you get on mastodon where it's 
all of a sudden all of we, we go back to just text-based and there's the occasional picture but most people on mastodon are on the nerdy side of the of the world and and so it's it's much more like a, a huge bunch of short messages um the instagram feed or the threads feel much more accessible and fluffy and light-hearted um, I have to mention that I also, and this was by accident, was able to to um, sign up for Blue Sky, which is um, also a Twitter clone, but it's invitation only. Um, they're unable to scale this up. Uh, and and I, I t- took a look at the website and saw that you had to enter your email on a waiting list. And I think I did. Never heard back of that. But then all of a sudden, a friend of mine contacted me and said, hey, um, we're all on Blue Sky. And by we, he meant like uh, he and, and and other people that we have in common uh, that we follow. And um, uh, we, we uh, have met around a, a, a video game podcast in the Netherlands. Um, and so he's like, I, I have an invite. Uh, do you want it? Do you want to have this code? And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll try it out. And this was the day before uh, Meta Threads, and so I I uh, registered for um, for Blue Sky, and it was it was really good. It was very similar to Threads, very similar to the early days of Twitter, um, and everybody seems to be in a good mood. So I was like, "Wow, this is actually very." Um, I can totally see this uh, take over from Twitter, but. Little did I know that a day later, um, Mark Zuckerberg would, I think he has won <laughs> to a certain extent, um, at least for the moment. It's, it's so smart the way they built this and they have instantly got like there are 20 million users. No, maybe not, probably way more. I don't know, 2 billion? I, I, I have no idea. But the, the, the numbers of regular users of Instagram is insane compared to Twitter or any other platform. Maybe YouTube comes close and TikTok is probably bigger. But anyway, it's massive. And so the the genius of the idea of of Meta is you are already part of this network. We just need you to click here this button and then all of a sudden you also have a micro blogging account. And you don't have to build your network because you've already built your network on Instagram and we'll just give it to you for free. So immediately you don't feel super alone like I felt in the beginning on Mastodon where I was like, this place is empty. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> and it was only by looking up tutorials and learning from other people there. I was like, oh, so I have to follow hashtags. Ah, okay. So I can pin this hashtag as a list. Oh, and it took me weeks before I had an experience that was similar to what I had with TweetDeck on Twitter. And and I was perfectly happy once I found that, although I still thought it was extremely hard to find the people that I followed on other network, on other platforms. And so, especially at the beginning, like this is just like any other platform in the sense that I post something and nobody reacts. <laughs> and uh, um, I had that same experience on Blue Sky because I I posted uh, a number of messages. And um, I, I think at the end of the day I had, a, was it maybe a hundred? No, much less. No, I had like 40 
people that that started to follow me and most most of them were just following me because i followed them uh, and they probably got a notification plus blue sky is still closed right so not everyone is able to participate yet um, on threads it was a very different experience all of a sudden i see updates and posts and photos and stories of people that i've been following on following on instagram for a long time so it immediately felt like oh wow guys you're all here <laughs> and girls of course and and non-binary people <laughs> and, and uh, wookies and whoever is here i know you and it feels very much as if you're entering a, a bar and all your friends are already sitting there and having a drink and uh and you just joined the fun that's how it felt so and i don't i think that actually this type of stuff is much more important when it comes to convincing people that they want to switch than all the theoretical advantages of an open non-regulated system like mastodon it's just the ease of use plus the social connection that makes threads uh, such a serious threat with a t to twitter and maybe even to other social media platforms um all of a sudden i see this this post of ali abdal and ali abdal is a kind of a self-help youtuber um he he um he used to be uh working at a hospital i think as a nurse or as a medical professional and in the first year that he was on youtube he started posting short videos where he shared how he pa- passed his medical exams and he had some tips on you know, how do you study how do you organize your your material how can you improve your memory etc so he had lots of very practical tips uh, for people that had been that were in the same situation that he had been as a medical student and soon that approach proved to be extremely uh attractive for a lot of people so he started to gather clout and he started to branch out so he wasn't talking just about things related to the medical profession but he said a lot of the things that i've discovered over time um i think are applicable to any type of work and so his videos became better and better and very i, I was really impressed by what he was doing all by himself he lived in a very small apartment in london uh, i think let's see where am i Oh, there's a, an indication here. Uh, oh, that's just numbers. In case you have a map of the environment, I'm just going to continue up the hill, and then I'll probably have to turn left to get back home. Um, so, uh, what I also really liked is that he spent a lot of effort to make sure that his um content was very well edited very to the point he's got this you know upbeat presentation he talks very fast so every once in a while you have to just go back and then what did you just say let me just go and rewind this video all of that is very good for for the algorithm and so in no time he had hundreds of thousands of followers and he started to make serious money with all the advertisements and at one point he actually quit his work as a medical professional and became a full-time youtuber and uh, has been very successful made a ton of money i mean millions of millions every year uh and now he has uh, a lot of people working 
for him that help him to reach his audience. So what I always like about Ali Abdal is that he, um, he's, he's very smart at applying the, the, the kind of the laws of communication that he discovers to any platform where he engages. And one of the things that he always says is um, you have to provide value first. You know, this is this is about adding something to to people's life that helps them to become better. And so this whole approach of like, let me teach you how I do this, and maybe you can use that. That is very much his uh, his approach, and it works. And has also worked for me. At one point, I started to not watch all the videos anymore because it became a lot about productivity and efficiency and making money. And I'm like, yeah. You know, that is one of the things in my life that I've tried and I've seen the limitations of that. I'm not always interested in that. Anyway, not always my cup of tea. Plus, it became very slick and very overproduced. And so it lost a bit of its authenticity at one point. I think he's scaling that back a little bit. But it was, for me, it was a... a a good thing, a lesson learned, that if you try to scale things up too much and you professionalize it, at, a, at one point you start to lose that personal connection or that perceived personal connection with your audience. And then you lose, it loses its heart. It still has the form, it still looks amazing, but it doesn't have that same feeling anymore. All right, here's a bike lane. Do I know this place? I think so, yes. I think I know where I am. This is where the horses normally will walk on Saturday mornings. So, good. Loving these shoes so far. Oh my goodness, they're actually even more comfortable than my running shoes. And they are very grippy. Because the, the ground is still a bit uh, wet. And so I know that with my running shoes... Um, this would probably be a bit slippery, but these ones, it feels almost as if I've got like magnetic shoes on the outer hull of the Enterprise. You know, like every step is like shook, 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 shook. <laughs> glued to the ground, which is really nice if you're, if you're running, of course, in, uh, um, on uneven ground. You don't want to slip and fall. And so far, the walking... Also, kind of feels very natural. I think I could probably walk quite some distance on these shoes. I'm not sure about the heel support, if that's enough. But these are a hundred times better than those expensive walking boots that I tried out a few days ago. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm mildly optimistic now. We'll, we'll wait and see. So, um, so all of a sudden, I see these posts of Ali Abdal. And the first thing he posts is a thread. Now, this sounds maybe like, duh, it's on meta threads. Um, and there's nothing new about threads because this is what people have been doing on Twitter for a long time because Twitter was always limited to, what is it, 140 characters and then became a bit more, I think 280. And now <laughs> Elon Musk has changed it. So if you are a subscriber, you can post like entire blog posts, so you've got 2,500 characters or whatever. Um, but in the, in, when it was still very limited, people would post a story or a, um, 
a certain contribution in a few parts. And those were connected because they were all replies on the original post. So it would be the first post would, for instance, be like, did you know that in the Middle Ages, monks would make cheese out of goat cheese? Uh, here's the recipe. And then it would say one out of five. And then two out of five is they first started to uh, milk the goat and then uh, gather the the milk in i'm just making this up i say guy i have no experience in making in making cheese um but then you know you would have these steps and then you know at the end of the thread would be the so five out of five and that is how you get the most delicious medieval cheese and you can make it for much less money than you would pay in the supermarket end of story i always loved microbloggers that use that format because it also enables people to react on the various elements of that thread. So, for instance, if people say, well, hey, why would you use goat milk? Uh, have you never heard of, of sheep or cows? And they had those around in the Middle Ages. So you could get this, this, this conversation around parts of the story without it destroying the chronology of the original five-part story. The other thing that I loved about those story threads is that uh, it requires a certain composition. You want to make sure that people keep reading. And so the really good ones always ended the, uh, each part of the story thread with um, a teaser or a question. Like, but there is one thing the monks never forgot to do. And here's what it is. And that would be the end. And then you want to know, so what did these monks always do before they started to make the cheese? And then four out of five would say, um, they always said a Hail Mary uh, because Mary is the son of Jesus and Jesus is the shepherd. And so they would invoke the mother of God to help them be good shepherds for their flocks so that they would give better quality milk or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but the whole... This whole idea of every single part of the story gives you extra information and teases you that there is more to come. And then when you see these numbers, four out of five, it also works almost like a countdown timer. Like, oh, there's one more message. I need to read what the conclusion is. So in a way, this is a very smart way of constructing um, cliffhangers. A micro scale, or we're just talking about a few phrases per, per part of the story. And so I, I, saw, the, I saw this with Ali Abdal, and he says, his first post is, um, I've been interviewing this expert about, I don't even know what it was. Oh, I think about gut bacteria or food or whatever. And I've discovered some amazing things that you may want to try and then follow the thread and have this little yellow finger pointing down so you knew oh i gotta read the next post in this sequence and then he starts to list this went on for about eight or ten posts with um you know the results of that interview that he had with this uh, whatever expert and i just i kept reading through it and while i was reading it I knew this is what I could do. This could solve so many of my problems. Number one, it, 
it is very short form. You can set yourself a limit. Like I want every post to be just 140 characters. So that requires you to be extremely to the point. Every part of your story needs to have a bit of a tease and also needs to deliver. So that is immediately gives you so much focus on, you don't take like what I do here with the walk where I have this huge introduction only now to get to the point of what this whole conversation, uh, what I wanted to share during this walk. But this is the total opposite. This is like very short, very much to the point and always triggering people to keep on reading. So, um, and I'm thinking this is just a form. This is almost like a format that you can set up and you can learn how to master this format. There is, it, there, it, there are ways to learn how to write for this particular type of communication. But then I'm thinking, what if I um, look at the total length of a script for a one minute video? Because I'm thinking, one of the things that I want to do is short form video, but it's always so difficult to come up with ways in which I can edit that. And it's, uh, it's sometimes I spend like an entire day on one minute. I don't have that. Then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I know how many words you can fit in one minute of video. In my case, it's between 140 and 180 words. If I speak really quickly, 180 words. So that's my limit. It's my upper limit. Divide that by five. That gives me, what is it, 35, uh, 36, uh, 36 words per post. Okay, that, that's, that, that's, that's nice. You can say things in 36 words. And then, what if everything that I contribute to social media going to be in the form of these like five-part stories. It means that um, I'm also contributing value. This is content. This is not just, hey, I record another podcast, click here. No, I'm giving the value right there and then on social media. And it's very, um, it's tailor-made for short attention spans. And if I can keep people people's interest over the course of five posts that are threaded together on social media. And this, of course, does not only apply to threads. That's where I saw the example, but you can do this on definitely on Twitter or in any short form type of, I don't know if this would work on, probably, no, it wouldn't work on Facebook because the algorithm doesn't show you how posts are interconnected. But anyway, let's say I'm going to focus on one of these micro-blogging platforms, this could be my kind of communication. I can copy this to Mastodon, I can do this everywhere. It will result in a script of exactly 180 words equaling one minute of video. So I can put that in my teleprompter on my phone and go for a walk here in the woods, hold up the camera and just read the script and I will have a one minute video that is totally optimized for audience retention. It means people will keep watching because there's constantly this tease like, oh, you want to keep watching because you won't believe what you will hear in the fifth part of my story. 
So it would be the perfect script. The fact that it is limited helps me to not lose focus and to go to the right core. And also because you have that, um, the setup is to, to optimize audience retention. Uh, it, 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 it prevents me from meandering. And then I'm thinking, well, what if for every part, this is just five short bursts of information. It's totally possible to find five illustrations per, per part. So the first one would show a monastery somewhere in the Middle Ages. The second one would show a monk praying to the Holy Virgin Mary. The Holy Mary. The Virgin Mary. Um, for uh, the blessings over his flock. The third one would show him milking the goat or sheep or whatever. Uh, the fourth one will show him making, uh, working uh, on, on, on creating the cheese. And the fifth one is an image of me taking a bite out of this delicious medieval blessed cheese. Right? So that's just five images. That's not too hard. And then... If I record that one minute video based on that script that I've already created for social media, um, the only other thing that I need to do is to put those images in. And in DaVinci Resolve, which is the editor that I use, it's super simple to just overlay an image and zoom in on it and zoom out on it. It's like there's no work whatsoever. With one click of a button, I can add subtitling. Um, and that's it. And then I have a one-minute video that is perfectly optimized and is, in a condensed way, very much catering to these micro-interests of me. So once you have the format down and the production can be automized, because it's always the same type of production, um, you can even set a time limit for I want to spend 20 minutes on creating those five you know, 34, wor 34 words per, per post uh, entries. So it, it becomes all very manageable. You can say, okay, I'll, I'll take half an hour to write a script, half an hour to find the images, half an hour to put it all together, and half an hour to post, to cross-post it. That's two hours. You know, that, that, that is so little compared to the amount of time that I used to spend on, the, on those short forms. Plus, I will have already my content for the social media platforms. Because if it's microblogging, I can post the texts. And if it's, video, if it's uh, like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, I can just post a video. And one-minute videos work really well because short attention spans. And then here is where the final piece of the puzzle falls in place. What if I can take one day where I, maybe just on Monday, I will sit down and produce five of those short videos. Just five. Or four, I don't know. I can make one video for each channel. But I would then also have five one-minute introductions to topics that I can then use in my podcast in the break. So um, 
say I, I do a one-minute review of the newest Indiana Jones movie, which I haven't seen, by the way, yet. Um, I, can, I can write a one-minute script with a review and some thoughts. I can play that at the beginning of my movie TV segment. Like, hey, um, it's time for the one-minute update on this particular topic. Let's go and listen. And that then, since it's all text-based, it is not just sounds or whatever, like with video, sometimes it's frustrating as an audio listener when the, the host is referring to stuff that you need to see because then you feel excluded. But in this case, it's all text-based. So the, the video is illustration. Um, you, can, you can play that and then I can expand upon it. Or I can say, well, that was my one minute. Here is, I had some more thoughts. Or I'll tell a story. Because then, you know, uh, say for instance, I do like a a series of of retrospective videos on Star Wars, on the Star Wars movies or whatever. Uh, You play that one video and then you go in depth and you try to retain the attention of the audience by picking it up after that introduction. Plus, these introductions will create a natural break in the podcast. I already kind of vaguely thought of that, but with this, it all came together. And I'm thinking, I just figured out the workflow. And and then I will have the podcast. Plus, because these segments are always introduced by this one-minute clip and then some extra thoughts you will end up with five or six parts of the podcast that you can... If, if I can then continue a good, compelling narrative, I can, I can also use that bigger segment, including the short video, as a separate video for these, these various YouTube channels. So to, to apply it to this podcast, for instance, The Walk... Um, after recording this in audio form, I could sit down and say, hey, can I summarize what I just shared in five micro posts? Can I find some illustrations? Maybe I'll even use like AI to generate some, some images or I'll use Pixabay, which is, um, you know, copyright free image material. And then I'll end up with a one minute summary of the walk and then I can post that and say, hey, you want to listen to me saying this exact thing, but then taking an hour of your time to say the same thing? No, I'm just kidding. Um, you may want to check out the podcast and then post a link. Uh, so uh, the same thing with, with Lego. I was thinking, okay, Lego. What do I do with Lego? Um, what would people following my Lego channel, what would they want to watch? Now, of course, there's always news every once in a while on the podcast I'll, I'll i'll review a set like the the mars rover or something like i'm super excited about so that could be the content but then i'm also thinking you know the faith segment in the podcast where i answer a question could also be done in a like a one minute summary a one minute answer to a particular question and then i can illustrate it with lego this is what always has done the best on my Lego channel, it's these educational videos where, hey, let me explain everything you always want to know about Holy Week in one minute using Lego. I'm thinking I was already using that one minute format 
for years on the Lego channel and, it, and those videos always go viral and every year people come back to re-watch them. And so it sounds like a perfect match based on something I've always already done. So I'm thinking that that could be catechesis plus Lego. That is my unique proposition for my Lego channel, even more than just Lego news, or I was thinking at one point, maybe I can do like Lego Easter eggs because every Lego set has these like hidden jokes. But I'm thinking, well, I can do that. And I know that that would be very popular, but it has nothing to do with my mission. You know, that would just be entertainment. That's not why I am in this business. I want to contribute to people's lives. So catechesis plus Lego. And I'm thinking the whole documentary thing. The big thing is, of course, creating or editing a documentary takes two weeks, at least for half an hour. I don't even know if I have an audience for that. But what if every week there's a one minute video? Let me take you to Rome and then have this one minute video. Or this past week, I went to Comic-Con in the Netherlands. There is a one minute video and I could repost that on social media or even take screenshots of the video and use that to illustrate the story. And then I would have like a one minute vlog that I can post. And over time that will, you know, it's easily shareable. People can repost it on, on their particular social media platform. You can get some replies to it. You can get engagement around that type of content, which then over time could probably long-term, generate an audience that would actually want to watch a documentary about those stories. And so instead of first spending weeks and weeks just editing that documentary, setting aside everything else that I'm normally interested in, forgetting about all the existing audiences, and then at the end, here's my documentary, please watch it, and then I get like 20 views. It's the opposite. You first gather an audience and you tease them. This is, this is what I want to show you. Help me to do that. And, and then if there's enough demand, we can figure out how we can put that together. And maybe it's not necessarily me who has to put the story together. It can be someone else. But if there's no audience, then it's a massive risk and a huge financial and time investment without a guaranteed return on that investment. I'd rather do it the opposite way and just show these little videos. So you, every week you do get a little bit of an insight in the adventures that I have and see the visual aspect of my life. Um, and then maybe create an audience that would be big enough to warrant the production of a full documentary. You see how all of this kind of comes together and, and it feels like this is the way. It feels very Mandalorian to me. It's all, it's focused. It, this feels feasible. It's not, I'm not like creating big imaginary castles like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. And no, this is, we're just talking about five stories of a few words per segment. And I then make that available in a few different forms in one workflow for all these platforms on which I have a presence. I think this will work.
I'm super excited about it. And that is what I wanted to share with you. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much. Um, it's different from what I normally do here on the walk, but every once in a while, um, I just want to share my, my thoughts, especially when I feel like, oh my gosh, why haven't I thought of this before? Um, I, I hope you enjoy this. Um, thank you so much for walking with me. I'm heading home. Um, and uh, I will gradually in, in, uh, start to implement this. I, I'm, I've learned from this past half year that it's sometimes good to just first take time to think about this and to work it all out before you rush into something that you then cannot sustain. So over time you will see changes in the way I work and in my output and hopefully they will all be beneficial. Let me know your thoughts if you're one of my patrons. You make it possible for me to do this kind of development and to do these, these kind of things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts if you have additional ideas. Um, and then uh, if you would like to join the patrons, you know how to do that. Just go to, hey doggies, two, two Rottweilers. One is noisy and the other one is like, whatever. <laughs> I'm glad they are on the other side of the fence because they look, they look hungry. <laughs> So just go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick and maybe we'll see each other there. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.